135 uh, divided by werewolves are... What? It's 36. Is it, is it really? Oh, yeah. shit, you're right. Look at that, when I posted <laughs> the last episode. Gosh darn it. This is why... You know what? This is why it's good that Mitch is here. Because he fucking keeps me honest. Apparently, I double-posted. <laughs> so, just to bring you peek behind the curtain... Apparently, what I do is I look at what the last episode was, and I read off of it. And apparently, I did not write the right header. So yeah, thank you. This is episode 136. You'd think doing this as long as I've been doing it, I would actually know what I'm doing. I don't. I'm sure this comes as a surprise to absolutely no one. (laughs) (laughs) Who has listened to this that I, in fact, do not know what's going on. But yes, welcome to episode 136. The penultimate episode of the year of our Lord, 2021. I can't wait. I don't think it's ever going to happen, but I can't wait to get to a point where I'm like, you know what? I'd be all right for this year, keeping on for a little bit longer. Yeah. yeah you think at some point... You know, it's got to turn back around or do something. But now, it's some, just... <laughs> at some point, we'd get to where we're like, we don't want the the current year to to die in a dumpster fire. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. remember it always being this fucking terrible. But man, it's been this way so long. I almost don't remember what it was like. Exactly. Exactly. A thousand percent. Uh Well. We have a lot of very interesting uh, movies to talk about um, this episode. Um, We are definitely kind of jam-packing, if I can use that as a verb. I don't think that's a verb, but whatever. We're going to do it anyway. Um, uh, This episode with with extremely interesting (laughs) films. Uh, Which one do you want to do first? Uh, I don't know. You pick I mean, I'm, I could I could talk as little or as much about all of these as we all right. want. <laughs> well, okay. So the first one is uh, we're going to talk about is 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 Benedetta. So Benedetta yeah. is the latest uh, film by Paul Verhoeven, and I feel like if you were an '80s kid, like Paul Verhoeven was just the fucking man, right? Like you grew mm-hmm. up watching, you know. Um, Fucking RoboCop, you know, Basic Instinct, Total Recall, you know, Showgirls, Better for Worse, you know, Starship Trooper. I mean, talk about a run going from RoboCop, Basic Instinct, Showgirls, Starship Troopers, Hollow Man, like, I'm sorry, RoboCop, Total Recall, like that kind of those types of movies and the different things that they that they like RoboCop is just like a condemnation of just like capitalism and turning, you know, kind of is the capitalization, I guess, of like civil servants. Right. Mm-hmm. And then that, that mixture of like when, when kind of corporate cold corporate technology meets like the human aspect of police keeping and you know, total recall, it just takes like a, like a, like a fucking, I think it was a Philip K. Dick story and just like fucking turns it on its head you know, just brings in this whole idea of, like, you know, like, how well can you trust your memories? 
you know, mm-hmm. the basic instinct was just like, you know, everyone obviously still talks about, you know, the whole shot of, you know, Sharon Stone crossing her legs and whatnot. But actually, Take That Aside was like a pretty decent, pretty good, campy, pulpy, you mm-hmm. know, sex-fueled murder mystery. You know, then Showgirls was, you know, is obviously known for being terrible. And then, right. you know, the Starship Troopers, which takes like a classic, you know, Heinlein story and just turns it into this just complete, you know, satire of the military industrial complex. I mean, you got fucking right. Doogie Hauser as a space Nazi by the end of it. Like, I mean, Jesus. So, and then kind of, so when he, you know, it's kind of announced he's he's making a movie, you know, based on a 17th century like a real life 17th century nun um in Italy who um you know was having a sexual relationship with an, with another nun while she was uh she was a, an abbess or countess of a of an abbey I don't I don't know what the uh, the exact uh term is um mm-hmm. but then also was seeing visions of Jesus and and receiving stigmata and you're just like yeah, sure. Yeah, why not? Oh, and by the way, even though even though uh, even though the 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 movie takes place in Italy, we're gonna do it in French. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So, which 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 brings us to to uh, to Benedetta, which is you know directed by Paul Verhoeven, written by David Burke, Paul Verhoeven, and uh, based on a book by Judith C. Brown called Immodest Acts, The Life of a Lesbian Nun in Renaissance Italy, um, and then starring uh, Virgin Efira as Benedetta. Virgin Efira had been in one of Paul Verhoeven's um, uh, former uh, movies, and then Charlotte Rambling, uh, Lambert Wilson, and Daphne Patakia as uh, Bartolomea. Uh, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. This movie is all over the place. Yeah. And I think how much uh, enjoyment you get out of it probably depends on um, kind of whether you're viewing it as camp, uh, because it certainly veers into very some very campy territories, um, mm-hmm. or if you're trying to see it as more of a serious film. Like I think it all kind of depends on. Because there's a lot of things going on, you know. There's 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 there's, there's lesbian nuns. There's a comet. There's a plague. There's right. Jesus, Jesus on a horse with a sword, cutting down right. guys. You know, there's there Jesus speaking to 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 Benedetta, saying, "Hey, I want you to marry me." Um, like there's there's a lot of kind of out there imagery, and a lot of stuff happens. And that's just outside of like the sexual aspect of it. Um, So I think I feel like how much your enjoyment of it really depends on whether you see this as camp or whether you see this as a director trying to tell a somewhat historical story who then just stuffs too much stuff into the movie. Yeah, and he, he tends to go to extremes too, yes. like to say the least, right? And and this one is no no different in that regard. Only that the only difference being that I think, and I guess the basic instinct was the same, but the the over the top came in the form of the the sexual stuff and not necessarily mm-hmm. which 
you know, which hyper violence, which you come to expect from his movies. Uh, and I, and I still to, to the very end of the two hours and 15 minutes, I, I was expecting, you know, that, that kick in the balls that you usually get from his movies. Yeah. Uh, in, in that regard. And it kind of didn't go there. And I was really surprised. Um, I knew nothing of the story. I didn't know anything about Benedetta or any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not even going to attempt to get into the religious, you know, hierarchy and, and vocabulary there because I'll come off even dumber than I usually do because I don't know anything about that shit. But, um, you know, I, I laughed at the Jesus stuff a good bit. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, some of the rest of it was fairly unsettling. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's I, some pretty disturbing scenes of torture. I mean, as you can imagine, yes. you know, two two women – uh, you know, it's one, both of which are, are nuns, you know, found to, to, to be being in a sexual relationship with one another. I mean, that that's not going to uh, kind of end well, um, especially right. when they're trying to get information out of the one um, to, to talk about the other. Um, and, you know, it, you, you kind of mentioned the, the religious hierarchy, and I think one of the things about this movie that was interesting is that they really do kind of leave it up to the viewer to determine for themselves the the level to which Benedetta was being honest mm, about yes. what mm-hmm. she was experiencing. So, you know, what, what we as viewers see is that, you know, we see her kind of having these these visions of, of Christ appearing to her in you know and saying hey you know i want you to marry me and and i understand that like um you know there's this idea of of nuns being you know like brides of christ but you know i mean they don't i I don't know if that was really meant to be a literal like hey you know going to the chapel we're gonna get married um brides of christ but then also you know we see that you know benedetta she is you know kind of originally brought to this this abbey and they they treat it almost like a private school where Mm -hmm. they're like well you know we got a lot of women that want to be in this and it you know kind of costs money and her father is kind of haggling uh essentially with the 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 abbess you know about benedetta's dowry because you know they're saying oh well benedetta has had visions from from god even since she was a child and you know the abbess is like yeah whatever we get you know however many kids a day that that say this so i think you know at a young age you know benedetta is kind of exposed to this idea that her visions have a certain amount of power uh to them they 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 allow her to 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 kind of move past the limited standing that she has as a, as a woman, uh, I guess at a young age, as a girl, um, in the time and the place when she lived. So then, when you know, at one point, for example, she she says, "Oh, I had the stigmata." So Jesus, she has it on her on her hands and her feet, and then. The abbess and the abbess's daughter are like, yeah, but normally when people receive stigmata because Jesus had a crown of thorns, they also get bleeding around the forehead. Mm -hmm. Well, then doesn't she collapse and a vase breaks and now she's bleeding from, you know, the head. And so there's this idea of is she really experiencing these things and and are we as viewers in a position to determine whether she's experiencing these things 
or is she she simply realizing that the limited power that she has comes out of saying that I've had these visions I've experienced right you know I've, I've received stigmata and I, and I don't know if I, I personally didn't feel like um, when I left the movie that I was really able to to kind of make that decision I kind of felt like um, it could have gone either way like it seemed to me right. like she knew what she was doing that yeah this was kind of a con but it was the only play that she had um, mm-hmm. but you know I, I think you could make the case that you know it was all a con I think you could make the case that like no she definitely saw this stuff um, and yeah. well you know and there was some some fairly convincing voice distortion stuff going yeah. on too so if she wasn't yes. really doing that holy shit yeah <laughs> where she was she was you know sp- kind of speaking in in Jesus's voice and and mm-hmm. speaking out against you know some of the some of the folks that that you know maybe were were not believers or were 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 kind of use, wanting to use you know use her for for ill you know and and whatnot so uh, you know and i think that you know i think a lot of a lot of you know talk has been around the sexual aspect and that's a huge i mean that that that's a huge part of it like mm-hmm. you know there is some really kind of disturbing i guess if you're i'm not a religious person but i can understand as somebody who was religious kind of seeing some of the stuff going on and just feeling like okay that is like way out of line or you know in terms right. of like kind of what they're 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 doing and i and i think that you know I don't know how much of that has to do with with him kind of getting into this camp idea, kind of pushing, you know, pushing things as far as he feels he can, or if it's just kind of going, well, you know what, these are two women that find themselves in a sexual relationship, kind of exercising the power that they have and the, and all of the power they have, all of the decisions that they can make are rooted in this, in this religion. And, and Bartolomeo, you know, she was an abused, you know, she, she basically comes to the church saying, you know, my, my mom died and my father took me as his wife. Like, you know, and he's, he's kind of letting people have sex with me and, and, you know, essentially like just living this horrible life of, of sexual abuse. And then, mm-hmm. you know, Benedetta is the one who's like, hey, you can come here, you can be in the, you know, in the, in the nunnery. But then, you know, Benedetta also kind of inflicts her own forms of abuse on Bartolome yeah. and you and, and, and you don't know if it's one of those things where she's like, I feel powerless because I only have a certain amount of power, so I'm gonna do what I can to this person, you know, and it's just you know, there's a lot going on, a lot of different dynamics and then kind of the religious aspect to it just complicates things even further. Um right. But then you do have things like, oh, well, there's a comet, and we're seeing, looking at this as the end of times. Oh, well, there's the Black Death, and it's like, you know, bringing people who have the plague in, and it's like, and then, right. and then, like you said, you know, she's kind of speaking not in tongues, but she's getting this sounds like a like a man is speaking through her. She's seeing visions, all this stuff. So there's like so much stuff kind of going on mm-hmm. that it's like I I don't know if I really could say at the end of it like what was real and what was imagined and what was her just kind of like fucking around in the hopes that she could make things work for her right same here um but and and i also i'm just like i don't know i'm curious to know like why he chose this 
Me too, as, big time. As, as the thing you <laughs> wanted to do next. Yeah. Um, you know, and and I, you know, the stuff that I've read, you know, about it, I don't know that I've I've, I've necessarily gotten that answer. Um, but I think you know, I think you could kind of go into this going, oh, it's horny nuns. You know, I'm gonna watch <laughs> nuns fuck and you know get some nudity and whatnot. And I think if you go into that, I mean, yeah, you'll get that. You're also kind of missing like a large part of it. But at the same time, if you oh, go into this as like, oh, this is some like kind of historical drama, I think you're also gonna you're not you're not gonna miss things, but you're also kind of making it out to be something I think more grounded than it actually is. Yeah, for sure. Um, but still worth definitely worth watching. Um, I enjoyed it quite a bit, um, even even kind of not knowing, you know, kind of what the the purpose was. Um, but, um, you know, it'd be interesting to see kind of what he does next. I mean, I feel like he is a filmmaker who's just like at a point where he's like, I don't have anything to prove. Like, I don't care. Like, I'm just going to go, I'm going to make what I want to make. I'm going to do what I want to do. And people either respond to it or they don't. Um, which has got to be a great, you know, kind of a great, a great place to be in. Um, all right. So the next one is, um, this one uh, is one that I, I know that we've both been been waiting for for a while, kind of read a lot about, heard a lot about, and that is the latest movie by Edgar Wright, uh, which is Last Night uh, in Soho. So um, written by Edgar Wright and Christy Wilson Cairns. Um, so stars Thomas and McKenzie. If you, if you watched um, Thomas and McKenzie, um, she was in, you know, Jojo Rabbit, so she was the mm-hmm. um the the Jewish girl um in the uh in the uh whatchamacallit the the attic there. Um I just saw her recently in something else. Um I'm trying to remember what I saw her in uh, I had the same reaction. Oh, Power of the Dog. Was, no. She was in oh, Power of the Dog I never for figured like figured out what I saw her in. Yeah, she was in Power of the Dog for like a minute of scream time of screen time, not scream time. She did no screaming. Uh, and she was an old. So if you watched old, uh, and I don't know why you would have, cause that movie was fucking awful. Um, she played the daughter Maddox when she was a teenager. Um, but this is kind of her first, aside from Jojo rabbit, this is kind of her first role as like a lead. Um, and she plays a, uh, a fashion designer student named Eloise, um, who uh, kind of who lived with her grandmother um, in in rural England uh, because her mom had uh, all we know is that her mom or kill, had killed herself at one point so gets accepted at a fashion school in London goes there um, starts uh, attending classes doesn't really get along well with her roommates uh, rents, uh, rents a room um, uh, in this kind of brownstone from. Um, Diana Rigg actually it was Diana Rigg's last role before she passed away um, and while she's living in this this uh, this apartment starts not just seeing visions but essentially like it's almost like she's transported to the 60s where she's watching um, Anna Taylor-Joy um, Sandy um, essentially live her life um, and, and what she sees is that Sandy uh, is a young woman who comes to London, wants to be a singer, 
falls in with um, with Matt Smith, uh, Jack, who basically promises her the world, saying, "Yeah, you know, I'm gonna get you, you know, I'm gonna get you all these gigs. You'll be singing at clubs. You'll be, you know, I'll, I'll be your manager. It'll be great." Uh, and he uh, essentially turns her into a into a prostitute. You know, has this club where you know women perform. Uh, singing, dancing, that type of thing, and then they are expected to sleep with the uh, the men um, who who visit this club, um, and so things you know essentially continue to get kind of darker and darker as as Eloise starts to see you know Sandy um, kind of getting assault, but you know uh, getting assaulted, you know possibly. Um, you know, almost getting murdered in her apartment. Um, and she's trying to figure out what happened to Sandy, but then also starts seeing, you know, what, what, what she feels are these kind of ghosts of, of all the men that, that had, you know, uh, you know, slept with Sandy. I guess you could say, you know, assaulted her. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and we're trying to figure out, like, what she's kind of seeing and what actually happened. And I mean, I don't want to spoil how things go. Um, you right. know, there, there, there kind of is a twist as to um, not everything that we're seeing is exactly how it is. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and this movie was really was kind of like to to me was was kind of made out to be like a horror movie. And I, while there was definitely some kind of horrible imagery and and some kind of scary stuff, like I. I'm still kind of struggling with why it was, I guess, kind of labeled that way. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's kind of been the, the response to it from most people. Most people seem to love it, but at the same time, it's like you almost couldn't even call it a thriller. It's just, it's, I mean, it's, uh, it's certain. So his movies are always more style over yeah. anything else. And that certainly comes through here, you know, with, with Eloise being obsessed with the sixties yes. and then, you know, uh, and his, and then the way he interjects the soundtrack and music yes. in his films, you know, every bit of that is superb. Um, but for this one, and I usually love his stuff. This one, I liked it. Um, it's kind of a middle of the road movie for me. For him. Yeah, me too. Um, you know, I thought that it was a pretty, I mean, it did have a twist, but I mean, it's a fairly paint by numbers kind of a drama, um, murder mystery kind of thing. Um, yeah. That, you know, at the end, it's not, I won't call it predictable, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know, I, I felt like, because it was like two hours and change, and I was like, yeah. man, it's it's telling about an hour and a half worth of story. <laughs> yeah. Two hours at some yeah. you know, it, 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 it just, I enjoyed it, but it, it's just, it wasn't as good as I had hoped it would be coming from Edgar Wright. Yeah, and I feel the same way. I feel like this was, you know, I mean, clearly he loves, you know, kind of the music of the 60s and like that, the style, the the kind of the vibe of that time. Um, and so he wanted to, you know, to kind of bring that in. And, you know, I feel like there was like a bunch of, you know, he was kind of throwing these like red herrings, like this whole thing with Terrence mm-hmm. Stamp, where you're like, you know, you kind of were like, I don't think, this is not going to be as pat as it seems like it is. Maybe this is just, you know, kind of being jaded as, 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 uh, you know, somebody who, who, you know, watches, you know, both of us who watches a lot of movies, we're just kind of, Mm -hmm. 
but it's also just the reality of it. It's like you go, all right, well, I'm, I'm watching this movie, and and there's I know there's a lot of time left, right? So it's like you know I don't necessarily think that this is what it's being made out to be. Um, this person isn't who we think they're going to be. Um, and I agree with you that it, it felt like there was just, and I'm not going to say it's like style over substance. I think it, it's more there. The story he wanted to tell could have been told with less. Um, mm-hmm. and, 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 and when all was said and done, I, I don't, and I don't want to, you know, this is where unfortunately kind of not really spoiling it makes it difficult. I'm not really sure where as a viewer our sympathies were supposed to lie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because they, they definitely, you know, he definitely kind of paints a story of someone who had a bunch of horrible shit happen to them. Um, but then, you know, kind of how that, how that person, how Sandy kind of dealt with that stuff. You're like, well, am I supposed to be, pissed off at her am i supposed to still feel bad for her like i'm not really sure like how yeah. he wanted us to feel about you know some of the stuff that eloise saw and 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 kind of ultimately discovered mm-hmm. um and then you know on top of like like for me like you know baby driver is a movie i'll i'll watch if it's on i'll watch it like and i'll i'll keep watching it and, and that one to me yeah. like that the, the music the you know the the style the you know kind of all the aspects of that movie came together uh, better. It was very clear yes. like who you were kind of supposed to be rooting for, and mm-hmm. and that's not to say like I mean Eloise I think in this movie is the person that you're supposed to be rooting for, but then yes. also you're like you know she sees her mom and you're like well you know they make it kind of unclear is she not you know does she have some kind of mental illness is it is she just like you know i I don't know like is she reading into things too much because of her mom like is it i don't know so it just felt it felt like to me there was more of a of a desire to just have like a really cool soundtrack and like a really like the 60s and and less of a desire to tell i guess what you would consider like a coherent story uh, yeah, I would agree. I, I think that yeah, like like you said, I think he's he's clearly super into this time, and just wanted to make a movie. You said it, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with it, you know. If that's what he set out to do, uh, you know, I, you almost kind of wish. I don't know. He made a different movie if that was the idea, right? If he's so obsessed with the '60s and this music and and wants to do something set then then just do that. Like, there's no, I don't know. I don't know. It's it certainly. It shouldn't have been marketed as a horror. Um, I don't know. I guess this one just kind of lost me with the story part of it, unfortunately. I was super into everything else, but the story I was just kind of eh on. Yeah, and I was surprised that they kind of described it as a horror simply because, I mean, yeah, there's kind of like some, I don't know, horror aspects to it. But even, I think, for folks that don't, watch horror movies to the degree that you or I do, I still don't think you would call it that. Um, no. And I don't no, know. Okay, if... like... Go ahead. This, no, I was just going to say, this is kind of one of those things where it's not for him though, right? Because Shaun of the Dead is a horror comedy that certainly has, it brings the horror elements. Like he, he can do that. Yeah. You know? and, and that's kind of why this one seems to be, and I don't know if it's because he's elevated more as a storyteller director now than he was at that time. 
yeah. where he doesn't need to do super gory things, and he's he's you know getting to work with people who would never be in a movie like that. Yeah, um, and that could so, be it. Yeah, but I mean, know. Anna Taylor Joy was in one of the best horror movies of the past ten years. <laughs> like she's no she's true. a stranger to it. Right. That's true. That's true. You know, I don't know. I just think if he's trying to, if it's him growing as a director and that kind of thing, that's great. Yeah. Um, you know, I, it's just once when you come to expect a certain thing or you hope for a certain thing from a director whose work you really love, you know, when, when something like this is maybe a bit safer, I guess is what I'm kind of trying to get at here. Yeah. You know, um, and, and it goes for more mass appeal. You know, yeah. that's that's kind of the risk there. Right. You, you may not dig it as much. It's not, you know, like I said, it's not a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination. I really enjoyed it. Right. It's just, you know, it's that new Edgar Wright hotness. I and mean, I'm hoping for like, you know, something on par with, you know, Shaun of the Dead or Hot Fuzz or, you know, any any of the other things. That, Baby Driver. You yeah. Know, that I love. And this one just kind of, like I said, just kind of missed for me. And I wonder, too, if, if some of that, like, I mean, this, I guess, would be interesting to know, like, how much, you know, kind of the filmmaker gets to decide how kind of things are marketed. Because, you know, I, I do feel like, you know, we are seeing, you know, kind of a bit of a renaissance in terms of horror. And there is this idea of more, you know, I mean, there's people who's already going to shit on it. But there's also, you know, kind of this understanding, I mean, especially when you had, like, you know, hereditary and things. It's like this idea of, of horror being beyond you know, just kind of like a slasher movie or whatever kind of folks that aren't into it might uh, think it is. And so this idea of of almost trying to kind of latch onto that, this, this like, well, we can call Mm -hmm. it that. And because, you know, you know, horror is definitely, you know, kind of experienced, especially with, you know, the kind of all the, the buzz about, you know, like the new Candyman or the work that like, you know, with Jordan Peele's done, you know, in in his films and stuff, um, you know, kind of trying to kind of ride that, that wave as well um and how much of that is like his choice um and how much of that is just like okay well you know you're to some degree at the at the the mercy of you know kind of yeah. how the studio chooses studio, to, right. to market it yeah yeah which sucks you would you would think somebody like edgar wright would be above that but obviously i mean you don't you don't know right but uh and I mean, he might see it as a horror movie, and and I mean that's this is true. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so, um, but uh, but yeah, like you said, I think it's definitely worth watching. The performances were great. I mean, the, the soundtrack. I am I am not a fan of of sixties music. Ooh, like I, I loved it. You I'm know, super into it. <laughs> I'm not like I. So I grew up listening to Motown, uh, mm. which is you know very different from like the British kind of sixties stuff. Yeah. But I mean, I I'm not a fan of you know, the, the, you know, the psychedelic, any of that stuff, any of the late sixties things. Um, mm-hmm. but, but this is, you know, definitely kind of that sixties, you know, uh, uh, kind of, I guess, pop esque type of music and the, and the, you know, the, the costume design was great. The performances were yes. great. Um, but you know, I think you just have to kind of, if you're going into this, expecting this to be, you know, like a horror movie, I, I think you're going to be disappointed but at the same time. If you weren't, planning on watching it because you thought it was a horror movie um you know hope you know that don't don't feel like you've got to stay away from it um right. so yeah i don't know how it did i honestly i don't i don't keep up with that stuff anymore. Uh, it's such a weird i don't even know if we would know i, I don't right. even know how we would be able to to 
tell that to be perfectly honest it's like some some dickhead would have to have said something stupid on twitter (laughs) right i mean it's like (laughs) and things go to digital so fast now that it's like how do you even decide whether or not something did well it's like yeah you can look at like box office stuff i mean honestly i this doesn't seem like the type of movie that even in kind of normal times people would be flocking to in the theater I know. I, I felt the same way, and it's, it's which is weird because like a lot of people, you know, like that I follow, all, or you know, in my circles on the internet, my circles, and I'm using finger quotes, you know, we're we're really like psyched for it, and most people seem to enjoy it, but like I've heard nobody else even mention it. So yeah, you know, yeah, um, yeah. Okay, so this next movie is one I had not heard of it at all. And then you texted me and were like, I watched this movie, um, watch the trailer, or don't watch the trailer, don't read anything about it, just (laughs) just watch it. And uh, and so I did, um, and and that is The Death of Dick Long. Um, So this is, this was an A24 joint, it actually came out in uh, 2019. Um, Dan, directed by Daniel Scheinart, uh, written by Billy Chu, um, and these guys had done um, Swiss Army Man. So Swiss yes. Army Man was the movie where uh, Daniel Radcliffe plays a farting corpse um, that is used as a means <laughs> of propulsion for this guy to get off of um, I don't know if it's a desert island. I've never. I've never right. seen it. I've read about it, but I've not seen it. You've never seen it? Oh, no. it's fantastic. No. It's fantastic. I've heard it's really good. I just haven't watched it. See, uh, I had forgotten why I put this, I wrote this down when I, when I did. And, I, and then when I went back to read about it afterwards, the, the first, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh shit, that's why it's the new one from the guys that did Swiss army man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, Michael Abbott jr. Plays Zeke, uh, Virginia Newcomb, uh, plays Lydia, his wife, um, Andre Highland plays Earl, um, and then um, Roy Wood Jr., the comedian, fantastic job as Dr. Richter. But essentially, what this movie is about is uh, Zeke and Earl and uh, Dick Long. Uh, they are all in a band together, and um, they're they're having band practice, and um, they, uh, you know. Um, Zeke's wife puts their daughter to bed and then Zeke's like, hey, do you want to get weird? And they proceed to get weird. And then next thing you know, we see, you know, <laughs> Zeke and Earl, you know, dropping Dick off. He's he's in the car. He's covered in blood. They're like, you know, what the fuck? You know, he's dying. Like, we need to get him to a hospital. They drop out of the hospital. They take his wallet. So that way nobody knows who he is. And then the next day, just essentially try to, you know, kind of go about their lives as if this guy had not been dropped off at the hospital. And then, and then as we watch the movie, we find out that that he actually dies. So Dick Long is dead. Uh, and then it's just a, it, it's kind of between mostly focusing on Zeke and his, you know, him trying to just pretend like this didn't happen 
while we're also finding more and more out about how Dick Long died, mm-hmm. and even once we, this is a movie where, and again, well, I, I don't want to spoil anything because no. you really can't. But <laughs> all I can say is that even when you find out how he died, you still don't understand it. And they don't answer the question, the main question that you would expect, (laughs) which is how the fuck did this happen? All you know is, all you know is that, you know, X killed Dick. This, this act is what caused his death, but how you got to how it got to that point you you don't you don't know and and you you won't know like it's not it's not that type of movie right. what this movie is is about is less of um how what what caused his death and more about you know Zeke and and Earl they're trying to <laughs> not get away with it in the in the in the sense of them well, being culpable because we right. you know it, but just trying to i guess not be deemed culpable <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's exactly it's 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 two idiots yeah trying to trying to get away <laughs> with a crime they didn't even commit <laughs> like, right right like so the crime funny. they committed was that this guy was 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 hurt and they did not necessarily, you know, come clean as right. to what, you know, their part in it was or what, you know, kind of what had happened. Um, and, and I mean, you know, the whole time you're watching this movie, you're just like, you know, holy shit, like, these guys are fucking idiots. Like, right. <laughs> you know, and then they keep, you know, the stuff that they're saying and and and... And it's like you know the the you're just like, um, like you could just see I don't know you're just like, like listen to him talk to the police or he's like trying to hide from his wife or, you know also like like all this shit and you're just like oh my god like how bad at this are you, like right. you're so bad like why are you you know why are you saying these things like you know at one point he brings his daughter, you know. He goes to bring his daughter to school, you know, in, you know, and she's sitting in the car and, you know, they go to the gas station and, and he sees like her whole back of her dress, the back is covered in blood. And you're like, what the <laughs> fuck, dude? Like, and then he's got to take her back home and, you know, bring her, you get her a bath that have Earl bring her to school. But then, you know, the, 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 then he's like, oh, my car got stolen. And then the cops come, and he's like, yeah, I got stolen last night. And then the daughter's like, no, he drove me to school in it today. And you're like, oh, my God, how are you this bad? (laughs) 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 This thing. Um, And so, like you said, it's it's so much less about what happened and so much more about, you know, Zeke trying to figure out how he's going to get away with it. Um, And it was really, really good. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I love it. I absolutely love it. I laughed. Oh my god! It, you know, it, it takes place in Alabama, um, mm-hmm. in in a small town in Alabama, and 
I don't know if Billy Chu and Daniel Shiner are from here. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they're not, man, they had they did their homework because it's everything was spot fucking on when it comes to the people around here, mm-hmm. how they would react in this situation. Um, <laughs> like all of it, I thought was fantastic, and mm-hmm. Michael Abbott was amazing. Like he, as good as he is in the dark and the wicked, yeah, uh, I thought, man, in this, he he absolutely nailed Zeke, like. I told him on Twitter, you know, if I would one million percent have bet he grew up not too far from me. Yeah. Like, you know, he was that good to me. And yeah. it's just it's so fucking funny. You know, it's it's weird. And there's, a you know, some fucked up subject matter. But it's so it was so funny. The cops were hilarious to me. Um the doctor. I, just, I loved it. Yeah, doc, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, and that's the thing about the cops in this movie is like these cops are like they're not I mean they're they just they're in a small town. Like they've never yeah, they don't deal with anything really. They don't deal with anything. They've probably never had a reason to draw their weapon except to clean it, right? right. Or to lock it up right. at night. Like they're exactly. just completely clueless as to you know how they would and and one of the 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 police officers um oh shit who was it um oh well she i think she was on um i'll have to find her name here i think she was uh yeah uh, sarah baker as officer dudley um Mm. i i want to say she if she was she reminded me of um, there was a cop on Supernatural. Um, I don't think it was her, but there was a police officer uh, on Supernatural who was from like Minnesota um, that you know kind of had the same kind of vibe to her. Uh, where, you know, and, and this, this cop like kind of started off as being like this kind of small town cop. And then you kind of realize like, oh, she's actually a pretty good police officer. Then she finds out, oh yeah, there's monsters. And then kind of gets, you know, kind of brought into the fold and, and really kind of becomes mm-hmm. a, uh, a bit of a badass. but it's like, um, you know, yeah, you just get the feeling from these cops that like, you know, they've just never experienced anything. They just don't have a reason to. Um, right. and it's funny, like I didn't even realize that that was you know that because i don't know actors as well that michael abbott like was in dark and the wicked like that's how and i love that movie to fucking Mm. death so the fact that i didn't even recognize him i mean and the nice and the the good thing about it is like it's like you know i don't know it's like there's so much of a i think of a tendency in these situations to paint like i didn't get the feeling that this guy was just like completely incompetent and like he was like shitty with his daughter or anything like that. I think he just was like no. totally over yeah. his head. He just was like a, exactly a thing right. happened. I don't yeah. really know how to process it. Right. You know, I, I certainly don't want anybody to get in trouble for it. Right. I don't even know how, I mean, yeah, like Dick was in his band, but I don't, I don't get the feeling that they were like super close friends. Like, I don't know. It was like, it just seemed like a guy who was like, everything just like really got out of control very, very quickly. Yes. <laughs> Right. And, well, you know, like it'd be like me if I got in trouble. Fuck, I'd, I'd never been in trouble before. Like, I wouldn't know what the fuck to do. And I would always assume the worst, too. Like, oh, shit, I'm going down. Like, they're going to put me away forever for this and all that kind of shit. And it's just 
it's just hilarious to watch the lengths that he goes to. Yeah. Just over and over again as the things pile on yeah. and how he's trying to, yeah. to uh, you know, get out of, of I, it. They essentially act like they're going to be tried for murder if they get caught, right? Yeah. And and to watch <laughs> them react the way, especially Earl's so funny too. Earl yeah. cracked me up. Earl's just like, eh, I don't know, man. Fuck it. I'm getting out of here. Yeah, he just like bails. <laughs> he's like, later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, oh, I loved it. Yeah, I mean it was it was it was really good, uh, and, it, and and to not you know to not have to have a movie that I hadn't heard anything about, and um, you know uh, just kind of be that you know to find it that good uh, was was really nice. Um, you know, it, it's it's kind of I don't know. It, it's a nice. It was a nice surprise. Um, and I mean, yeah, and at the end too, of it, because I knew I didn't know anything about it other than, you know, I guess at some point I I had to have known that it was the new movie from the Swiss Army Men guys. Like that's literally all I knew. I knew nothing when I pressed play on it. So yeah, and I mean, and the thing is, you feel you know, it's it's not like there's this um, kind of like, oh well, he's like you know, kind of the bumbling husband. I mean, you definitely do feel really bad for his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like Lydia Olson she did a fantastic, fantastic job uh, playing his wife Virginia because I mean you know she she you know by all accounts it's like it sounded it seemed like everything was great in their marriage like I'm obviously you know marriages have problems at times and and I sure. mean she's just kind of like caught completely blindsided yeah. by kind of what happened and you feel terrible and you also feel bad kind of for his daughter because you know is his daughter you know, I mean, loves her dad and, and mm-hmm. doesn't, you know, I mean, you don't get the impression that she's just kind of telling the truth. She's doing what she's supposed yeah. to do. Like, oh, no, dad dad took me in the car this morning. It didn't, you know, we, we rode right. in this morning. So, and then you could, you know, I, I mean, they just did a great job of like, you know, and, and it's hard, like, you know, it's like you feel bad for him because of, you know, the situation he's in, but you also feel terrible for his family and bad mm-hmm. for him because of what he's done you know it's not like he did some terrible thing on purpose and is now his family is paying the price and he just didn't you know think about yeah. it right um right. so it's yeah it's just really uh, you know it's kind of a heartbreaker all the way around but then also at the same time pretty fucking funny <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, so so to kind of have that mix you know i think is you know it's pretty rare to 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 where you can kind of feel for everybody in the movie but then also be like god this guy's such a dumbass but <laughs> hilariously so um right. yeah so um but yeah i i really enjoyed it so i, I appreciate you uh kind of letting me know about it because there's there's no way in hell i would have found this one on my own like not not in a million years um okay uh so then the last movie so i i as i always do i kind of texted mitch was like hey what are we watching you know this week and and you kind of gave me this laundry list of of movies and so i had to kind of figure out all right you know what um you know what uh what can i watch where can i find these things um, and so, uh, one of the movies that you mentioned was this movie called Uncle Peckerhead. Uh, oddly enough, uh, was uh, was streaming on um, on Amazon Prime Video, and I think as like some kind of partnership with like YouTube TV, uh, because or no IMDb TV, 
because mm. um, they mentioned uh, IMDb TV and, and oh shit, they, I see it right here. Watch for you on IMDb TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they 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 kind of like that. That's where I watched it. And and when I kind of heard about this movie, it was like you know essentially you know this punk band uh, they they get a, a roadie. And this roadie, you know, ends up being, you know, like a demon. Um, and, you know, then they kind of have to deal with that. And on paper, I was like, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know if this thing's really going to be for me. But, mm-hmm. you know, as I watched it, like, this band lives and dies on its lead. Um, mm-hmm. It's an actress named Chet Siegel, even though it's, it's a woman named Chet playing judy and you know there's such there's such a it, so it would have been such an easy thing for judy and this this band to just be incredibly annoying um and um you know the, this kind of punk band and uh you know going on the road for the first time no money whatnot mm-hmm. um but goddamn, if if she just did not completely carry this film and just yes. gave Judy so much like warmth and personality, uh, and you really get the sense of her kind of struggling, like she wants to go on tour, she wants to make this music kind of work, but then she gets this roadie, she sees that, yeah, no, he eats people, uh, and <laughs> but he has a you know he has an excuse for it, and 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 it's kind of worked out in their benefit. Like the first person he eats is a promoter that gave them three dollars. That's three dollars, right. not three hundred, but three dollars. You know, didn't pay him, and then his things kind of go, and she kind of convinces herself. You know what? He's you know the band loves him. He he gets people whipped up on our shows to where they really enjoy our music, and you know she can kind of convince herself that you know hey this guy is like the victim of some condition or something. And then as it kind of moves along, we find that's not exactly the case. But you know I think if anybody else you know if 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 Judy was not as kind of sympathetic and, and endearing a character as she was, if this band uh, mm-hmm. you know, this, uh, of misfits was not as endearing as they were, mm-hmm. this movie would have, would have absolutely failed. Um, and um, it was so much fun. <laughs> like I had such yes. a great time watching this movie. And they totally send up, like if you've ever gone to a show at, you know, like, I don't know, like, you know, it's a Walgreens during the day, but then at night, yeah. you know, they make, like just going to see some band and there's literally 10 people in the audience and they are all yeah. like, who the fuck is this? Like, if you've ever been to a show like that and the, and the band is just fucking pouring their heart out on stage and maybe if they're lucky, they get $50, you know, by the end and, and, right. and, and they're selling, you know, kind of merchandise and, you know, it's like that life of being on the road, of trying to do what they want, sell their music, but then also, you know, like they're just not good enough to, you know, kind of get to a point where they can play something that gets even a hundred people. Um, like they really just nailed that and that whole experience. Mm-hmm. And then they have a rival band that they just take the piss out of like these, you know, kind of like emo, you know, punk bands and the, you know, the, 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 the um, you know, the, the, the lead singer being like just super into himself and and the and his music like way too much and it's just fucking hilarious um yeah and i mean i i loved it i thought it was great i thought that um you know they they did a fantastic job of just kind of nailing that vibe um yeah and um and their music was actually pretty good like they said they were it was, a punk yeah, band. Like- you know, like Green Day kind of, yes. kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was definitely like they they said it was punk, but it was definitely more like pop punk. But I yes. was like, God damn, yeah, they're actually really good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Surprisingly, right? Like that's the whole thing. Like they're just they have no money, and she's quitting her job to go on this tour in the hopes that they'll make it, right? And then. Yeah. You know, she has this one producer guy that she's just dying to get to listen to her fucking tape. And he's a dick because, you know, yeah. of course, that's how that works. Yeah. And then, uh, but man, everybody in this is just so endearing. Yeah. And just, it's it's so much fun. And like, I think I texted you like this, this would pair perfectly with Deathgasm because it has that level of gore when it goes there. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not constant, and it's and Pecker is so fucking great. He's, He's fantastic like, because the sweetest dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, and he's again, once again, like anybody else. I mean, he's got a he has to sell this as like, yeah, no, I am absolutely killing dudes. You are one thousand <laughs> percent. But I got it under control. It's fine. It's, it's, you know, you don't have to worry about it. And he's so, you know, yeah, he's just, he's, he's very endearing. Um, he, you know, just does a fantastic job. Um, and then, you know, when it, when it kind of does get, get dark, it's like, it, it does, it definitely goes there. Um, yeah, yeah very gory, <laughs> like super splatter. Yeah. It's just, no guts everywhere, like, but but hilarious to a hilarious level, like Deathgasm was, you know. Yeah. Like it doesn't. It's like I don't want to say it doesn't take it seriously because man, it really gets fucking dark at times. But yeah. Um, but you know, still, and then but as soon as that's over, he's right back to Pecker. Like he's just yeah. Yeah. Look, I've got blood all over me, y'all. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> he's like, I know this looks bad, but you know, I, it's like, and you're like, oh, okay. You know, like, you know, like when he makes the muffins, right? He makes breakfast, yeah. and she's like, right? And be like, you know, you and she eats the muffin. She's like, fuck, like so good. You know, like, um, but. uh but yeah, it was it was really good. I and and this is you know I mean it's not uh it's not a a big studio release, but it also is like a way step above kind of what you would see you know some of the indie stuff. Oh yeah, um, and it's that, yeah, this is like produced, written, directed. But it's almost like a one man show. Yeah, as far as making of it and stuff. And yeah, Matthew Matthew John Dale. Lawrence. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, it would be nice if, if uh, you know, what you hope is that, you know, he's kind of, this kind of gets him to go a little high, like get, gets him a little more exposure. Um, I hope so. I mean, it was, it was really well done. It was, I was, it was really enjoyable. Um, and, and it was funny at times and, and uh, you know, the, and, and you kind of like understand the, the, the band where they're like, well, he does seem kind of really right. nice and you know i mean and and you know he seems like he is kind of helping them out so uh but uh but yeah definitely check it out i mean if you can watch it on on imdb tv i mean it's 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 literally free i mean yeah. it, also, it would, it's on tubi also for free yeah tubi's 100 percent free yeah yeah so i mean it, it's really just uh just your time uh but also well worth your time so mm-hmm. um Okay, so I would like to hear. Uh, so I, I finished, uh, you know, this is a, uh, I finished uh, 
Guardians of the Galaxy and Far Cry. We talked enough about that, and I've you know played been playing Cyberpunk and just kind of you know driving along and doing whatever. But you, I would like to hear one about how you're finding Returnal, uh, mm-hmm. and two, uh, how you're doing as <laughs> mowing that lawn. That's right. You know, I uh, most people who who listen to the show already know, but I have a new a new found love for all things mowing the lawn since I bought my, my riding lawnmower. Uh, and, and Microsoft dropped the uh, lawn mowing simulator on Game Pass. So I downloaded it day one. I was really excited for it. Um, and it's funny. These two games, this is like both ends of the spectrum, right? I was going to say, it's like, yeah. It's, Returnal is a beautiful game that is brutally difficult and lawn mowing simulator is just stress relief. It's just the most chill thing on earth. You you very slowly drive a lawnmower around these people's yards for money. That's like you're basically what, what is is that it? Like, is there a purpose beyond that? Is there like a well, you're building your your lawn service up. So I am obviously I've only played maybe four hours of it. I'm kind of really in still. Okay. Um, it looks like I can upgrade to, uh, you know, a bigger like building to work out of, and I can hire people and all that kind of thing. It's it's basically owning your own lawn service simulator, and I guess you can go as high up as you want. I, uh-huh. I really don't know yet. Um, Basically, right now, it's just me. Uh, I have one riding lawnmower and one weed eater, <laughs> and, and I'm taking contracts. Uh, okay. And, and you start off, uh, you get to walk the yard to pick up any you know, items that may have been left that may damage your, your mower, uh-huh. and, uh, and you kind of then kind of goes from there. And I will tell you, <laughs> this, this game is hilarious in the sound department <laughs> because there's no music there's only menu music oh. so once you once you start mowing it's all you a... hear is a fucking loud ass lawnmower <laughs> engine while you drive very slowly around the yards <laughs> so uh, so it is it is a game that very much benefits from the spotify functionality on your xbox <laughs> So, so I'm just I'm just uh, I put on Spotify and uh, I, I put on either a, you know a playlist or something and I just I just drive in circles and then I get out and, and we eat the edges. So, so is there money. like if you don't find everything like can you damage like your equipment? Oh or? yeah, all that stuff's in there. Uh, um, you, you damage blades. You can um, and, and you get um, like penalties for hitting flowers or you know fucking up shrubberies and oh, okay stuff like that so it all it all goes into how much you, your expense versus your reward right from when, from when you finish the jobs and i'm only doing like two star jobs two and a half star jobs right now um so there are really small just kind of rural areas i haven't gotten anything larger than that yet mm-hmm. but yeah I, I don't know I don't know how far the game goes, but like I know I can take a loan from the bank. I can take out. Um, I can put in ads in like newspapers to give me more contracts, stuff like that. But uh, 
It's 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 just cutting grass. That's all it is. It's right there in the title. Is this the same people that do Farming Simulator? Because I've always like been interested in those games just out of curiosity. Because I mean, I know there's a lot more to farming than just like you know, yeah. kind of running equipment out in a field. But I didn't know if it's like the same kind of thing where you know you start small it's, and then. Yeah, I don't know if it's the same people, but it's certainly the. For, I've never played Farming Simulator. I've only seen like gameplay of those games. Uh-huh. It looks very similar to that so you know kind of i guess if you're more into mowing lawns than you are like running giant farm equipment <laughs> i don't know this one's a uh, smaller in scope you know than like you said than to run in a farm but it's very similar well i guess the question is you know if you you know start to move up the ranks like are you going to remember your your roots and still get on the riding mower from time to time or are, you, are you just gonna let your your people? You no, know? listen. At bushes and hose, lawn and garden, like <laughs> we, everybody is a team player. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> no CEOs. Right. <laughs> it's, a fl- it's a flat reporting structure. We get exactly. we had all up in your bushes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, <laughs> no, it's fun. I'm enjoying it. Um, and then uh, Returnal is kind of the opposite end of that, man. That is a beautiful game. It controls like it's like so it's like butter. It's so smooth. Like it's one of those things where you know you, I don't want to say when you fuck up, you like you did it because man, does it right. throw a ton of shit at I was you? Gonna say, it would definitely be me. Yeah. I, it is me too, but it's like it's one of those things, right? Where it's like if you have to learn patterns and, and and it relies on reflex and stuff like that. You know, it's a house smart game. They're all that way. This one's just the first kind of more higher profile release from them. Like I'm used to twin stick shooters that go straight to the you know the store, the digital yeah. store. Uh, this one's much more kind of a coming out for them, I guess, or like a big, you know, like, holy shit, they're in the limelight now, which is great. Yeah. I am just really not good at it. <laughs> it's, I, I'm still in the first kind of level or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can get to the boss, but Jesus Christ, he's got like four life bars. And yeah. I can't, I can't get him past the second one yet. Uh, I'm still playing it. It's just, man, that frustration comes, comes quick with it. And, and, Which is unfortunate because it's so fucking good. Like it's so good. Otherwise, and that's the thing. Like you know, I, you know, I mean, hearing you know, Jace, you know, loves this game and has talked about it a bunch. And I, all I think about is, you know, Metroid Dread, where mm-hmm. you know I could get through the. It took me a minute to get through the first stage, mm-hmm. and then it took me longer to get to the second stage it took me a while to be able to get to the third stage but Mm -hmm. then you know i I could i could never get past it and i just was like i don't i don't know if i want to just keep doing this you know and so then to you know essentially you know do that for an entire game however many (laughs) Hours and hours and hours. I just I don't know that that's something that I would find fun. Um, yeah, I, I mean I haven't given up on it yet, but I mean like it's you know Jay's 
really enjoyed it, but Jay's also <laughs> not to put him on blast, but he didn't get past the first ball seat. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and, that, and it kind of sucks. You know, it's one of those things because it's telling a compelling story, even what little bit of it I've gotten so far. You know, you're just this woman, astronaut or whatever she is in this ship, and, and it crashes. She's going, she's chasing a, a beacon or a signal, and, and, and the game, literally, that's it. It's like, yeah. find the source of the signal, you know, go. Yeah. And, and you die, and then you start over. And <laughs> you get a little, maybe get a different cutscene or maybe another piece of, you know, a story bit here or there. But, you know, obviously, if, if I'm still in the first kind of main area and I want my 10th go at it, it's not going to give me anything. You know, it's like, whereas Hades kind of had, you know. Yeah, failure in Hades still had value. Yes, and this game has that, but like a sliver of of the amount that it mattered in Hades or that Hades had. You know, yeah. it's, I picked up one suit upgrade so far that's a constant, but other than that, I'm I'm starting fresh every time. Yeah. So I, I want to keep playing it. I would love to kill that fucking thing. Yeah. That, that I you know that, that that keeps taking me down, but it's also. Yeah. I have other things to play and you know it's it's i don't know how much more of the frustration i'm going to be willing to subject myself to when you know i'm kind of getting to the point to where i just throw shit on easy just to get through it you know and experience the story in the game and, and i ain't out here trying to be a hero man you know i'm not a right i'm not one of these dark souls kind of dudes who, who puts themselves through hell you know, and ultimately, I'm sure that's uh, rewarding as fuck when you when you can, you know, get you know go through all of Dark Souls and not even get hit. But I just ain't got that kind of time. Yeah, and that's kind of where it is for me. It's like I I you know I would love to be able to play it and kind of recognize the artistry, especially you know my understanding of the story as you kind of move through things. It gets really interesting and mm-hmm. and that that you know. But I I also know myself and I know what I want to spend the time doing and, and what I don't. And, you know, I just don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I just, I know that I don't. And so it's like, yeah, you know what? I mean, there's, I look at it as, you know, there's, there's lots of great games. There's lots of great movies, albums, yeah. books. You, you name the piece of entertainment, you know, there's there's gonna be something that is amazing that I just don't watch or don't consume because I just don't. It's not where I'm choosing to spend my time, and that's fine, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So, yep. Uh, but uh, but yeah, um, um, I'm I'm glad you tried it instead of me because I know I don't even know how would have done. <laughs> Uh, ten. I mean, I was really surprised with Hades, but Hades has so many different ways that you can make things easier for yourself if you want, but also just, you know, you don't mind dying in that game because you can, mm-hmm. you know, get a different, uh, you know, piece of the story or romance someone or, you know, give them a gift or, or whatever yeah. um, right. that you just didn't mind. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I have... um. Uh, what's it called? Kina Bridge of Dreams or something like that. Mm. I think it's called um, Kira um, Kina Bridge of Spirits coming. Mm. Um, I had heard really good things about it. It was a um, I think it's a PlayStation 
uh, it's on the PlayStation and on the PC, um, and I'd heard really good things about it. Um, so uh, I, I threw that in my queue, and that is on its way. Um, so we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, and then you know, obviously, Halo Infinite <coughs> drops. Yeah. Tuesday on the same day that uh, the 30th anniversary Bungie stuff comes. So, you know, yep. I'm, I'm no, uh, you know, definitely not going to be, you know, wanting for, for games. And, and Halo Infinite, I mean, honestly, like, I'm way more interested in that game as something to do co-op um, yeah. than I am in something to do single player. I think I'm, you know, but at the same time, it's like the 30th anniversary for Bungie. I mean, I don't really know if there's like any sort of like single player aspect to it. If it's like a dungeon or some like you know, sk- you know, whatever. See yeah, what there's. Doing. It's been really quiet. I, like I was expecting maybe a trailer or something last week, but like it's, it's just like dungeon, Gallarhorn, couple of things and more. And I'm like, well, what the fuck is it though? You want people to buy it? Yeah, right. Exactly. You want people to spend 25 bucks, and it comes out like in six days. You might want to say what that and more is. Right. Uh, yeah. So, but um, you know, I mean, I'm not the world's biggest Halo fan, not by any stretch. Not, not anymore. I used to be. Right. Exactly. And and I think for me, knowing that there isn't co-op at first, and it's like you know, we talked about when you and I were playing destiny the other night we kind of talked about the kind of the open world structure in the last years and if that's kind of what they're doing with halo i don't know how much of a desire i have for that um but you know we'll see um i mean it's at the end of the day i'm i I, i'm not at the point where i'm gonna not play a halo like i just have too much you know kind of like too many fond memories of the franchise as a whole to where i'd be like "Eh, fuck halo um, so oh, I, me too. But I just, I just really hope, and, and I really hope it doesn't get to the points where where gears is for me now. Where I'm just like, yeah, I'll get to it. Yeah, you know, I God played so much Halo back, and I, I absolutely loved it. And five was just so bad. Like, yeah. And again, this is just, this is in no way uh, me critiquing multiplayer because I don't play it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't done Halo multiplayer since. No DST, I think, or yeah, but uh, man, the campaign was just is what I really look forward to, and it was so bad in five. Yeah, my hope is that I mean, if you know, if uh, depending on when the co op comes out, like I, you know, if I played through single player, I mean, you know, I've played plenty of games that I thought weren't great, but then you do a co op and it's fun as hell, but. You know, so mm-hmm. so my hope is that sure. you know I'll, you know kind of run through it single player, see how it goes, and if it's something I want to keep doing, I'll keep doing it. If it's something that I'm like, well, I'm not really interested, but I'll play it during co-op, then you know I'll just mm-hmm. play it during co-op. So you know when that finally drops, whenever that ends up being. Um, so, but it's it's you know at the same time it is kind of exciting to have something that you care about come in December because usually by December, you know all of the big holiday releases have already you know, yeah. dropped and you're just like, you know, they're kind of like, it's just whatever's left, um, mm-hmm. ends up coming out. So, um, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how it ends up being. Um, but, um, yeah. So as we mentioned before, this is our, uh, second to last show of, uh, the year. I think, uh, the next episode we're going to do is probably going to be, um, our favorite games of the year. The reason being that um, 
you know, the the odds of us playing something and finishing it between now and and <laughs> two weeks from now are probably pretty slim. So it's probably mm-hmm. sa- safe to say that whatever games we really loved, uh, they're already dialed in. Whereas, um, you know, there's still plenty of time to see a movie that came out this year that we we might have really enjoyed. Um, I know I still have a list of movies that came out this year that I haven't watched yet. Um, oh yeah, that I'm looking forward to. So I think uh, I think what we had talked about is you know the next show would be our favorite games of the year, and then you know two weeks from then would be uh, our favorite movies. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, so hopefully uh, you will be here with us uh, in two weeks when uh, when we talk about those games and kind of look back on on what we played in this. Uh, this crazy year (laughs) um but uh until then uh, this has been episode 136 i got it right this time uh divided by werewolves uh thank you so much for hanging out with us uh thank you for uh spending the time with us you know and for uh for listening and you know you know uh, feel free to uh you know kind of share share the show with whomever you might think uh would enjoy it as we kind of you know move on to the end of the year those are always you know kind of our two of our favorite shows and and uh it's always a good you know kind of good way to to get folks involved when they kind of look back on some of the stuff that they watched and played and kind of listen to us talk about it too so i'm really looking forward to that but um for myself and mitch thank you for hanging out and we look forward to spending some more time with you in the next two weeks so once again, this has been episode 136 and uh, Divided by Worlds. So thank you again. Good night and have a good evening.